Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. I'm Jennifer Owens. I write about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And most days, I'm joined by my co-host, Raquel Ellison. Today, we're back for a special series, talking to guests about the challenges facing the sandwich generation, meaning those of us juggling kids, parents, and careers, all at the same time. Our guest today knows that too. Tamar Smith, thank you so much for sharing your sandwich story with us today. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, Jennifer. (laughs) So, okay, so you are a working mom of two teens, but when I first met you, you were the working mom of one tiny toddler, and we were both just trying to make it to childcare drop-off and pickup at the same time while still making it to work. And our kids picked each other to be their first ever friends. And we went through every stage together, right? First, first, like stands, you know, them standing up. I mean, it's that early. First sleepovers, (laughs) Mm -hmm. first everything. And now this is their first year in college. Yes, that's right. Yeah, all those milestones they went through together with our families and their friends and this whole neighborhood, really. I know. I just saw a picture of a bunch of our elementary school kids going to sixth grade together Mm -hmm. and how traumatic that was. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a big change. Big kids. Such a big change. So what's happening now? What does your life look like at home right now? Yeah, well, as you said, um, my older daughter just went off to college and now we're a veteran of two weeks in. Woo! (laughs) Just like you. And uh there's so much anticipation leading up to the moment, the the move in, the leaving, the, you know, the imagining, right? Imagining how the change will be. And then the sort of come down after where you start to get into a different groove. You know, things are going well so far. The big veteran, as I said, of the two weeks in. And I guess, you know, we're, we're all going day by day, you know, with the all with all of it. Well, and how long did it take you to recover from move-in as someone? I, and I will tell you, it took me at least a week. And it wasn't just physical. No, exactly. It was all that ramp-up to it. Yeah, the ramp-up was just incredible. I mean, yeah, the day itself is, you know, filled with the actual physical, the drive, the wake-up, the early wake-up, yes. you know, the the carrying of the boxes up and down and all this and, you know, sort of running around, getting the kid getting the ID and all that stuff. Yeah, we, we hit tons of traffic coming back because it was the first hurricane, Hurricane Henri, a couple of weeks ago, and just collapsed, you know, in every yeah. possible way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, a few days, a few days of just sort of sleeping and wandering around going, oh, OK, hey, new life, you know. Yeah. So, a few days. <laughs> and then our younger kids who are essentially the same age. Yeah. All of a sudden became, and they're not only children. I mean, we no. still have our olders, but all of a sudden they were born into always having a sibling at home. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, what are you up to, kid? Well, exactly. Exactly. I said to my younger, our younger, who is starting high school this year, you know, as soon as this college stuff is kind of kind of done, you know, we'll <laughs> to pay attention. And then she's fine with that. You know, that's a huge transition for sure. And I think we're still navigating it. 
you know, some people joked, oh, you know, she's going to love having her own room. And sure, that's true. But, you know, we very much want to um, make sure our older girl has a place to come home to. So we sure. haven't like, torn the house apart or moved out her bed or anything. And Oh, my mom sold her house. And I know it was financially, yes. you know, it was the right thing for my mom to do or whatever. But yeah. we moved her from her home to this two-bedroom home, my Christmas break, winter break home from my freshman year. I really got the message. Hey, there's no bed for you here, sweetie girl. There's a couch. Yeah. Yeah. We we talked about that. You know, it should be, you know, really this one small room that they've shared since they were tiny kids. And um, we could really change this room around, but all of us agreed, and the younger daughter as well. Let's just keep everything the way it is. Let's have, you know, (laughs) a space to come home to. Just I because I would like to think, uh, you know, and I do I visit my mom all the time. It wasn't that bad. But <laughs> there was a moment where I thought, where would I? Mo-? I guess, you know, you're flown and grown, as my brother likes to say. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, the, the grown thing is probably maybe that's one of your other topics. But just the transition of um, kid to adult, it's not automatic, right? There's no switch that goes off that suddenly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, you're 18. Well so long. Um, you know, it's, it's a transition for everybody. Well, and what has surprised you about that? Cause I, and I'll say that one thing that has surprised me is how much, how different already her experience at college is. And I'll say, cause I went to a, a college for journalism where it was all about, it was like a gotcha kind of, it was a boot camp mentality and we're going to, you know, everybody got an F at least once and you kind of wore, you know, the horror with pride and, and like hers is like, oh, we want to talk to you about, you know, if we know this is a transition and the, and the mental aspect of it and the emotion, (laughs) wow, maybe that's a little different. (laughs) Well, I guess for my school wasn't so very different from my daughter's. So it it definitely wasn't um, as focused as your program must have been on a practical. (laughs) I don't know that anyone is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I was a liberal arts major who didn't, or, you know, school and I didn't declare a major probably until a year in. And there, there wasn't that kind of pressure. So the, the experience so far hasn't been so very different. The dorm setup and other things, it's a much smaller school than I went to. Is different, but yeah, so far it's it, that part of it seems pretty similar. Well, that's good. I mean, because mine, it's making me really rethink all that I assumed. You know that this this was my only experience, and so I thought this was it. And then the connection. So I like our elder kid is texting us with questions and like, how do I do this or what about this, and and we're happy to be there. And then we're happy when she does something on her own. It's a weird mix because I I don't know about you. When I went off to college, it was, you know, you had to call home with the calling Mm -hmm. card. Mm -hmm. It was a big deal to call home. So I was on my own. Absolutely. (laughs) You're, You're right. You're absolutely right about that. That is extremely different. You know, I think one of my dorm mates had a and in the wall phone, you know, in the common area and, and we would call from there. But yeah, there weren't many, many calls like that. And of course, the parents, my father certainly wasn't as available. And uh, yeah, I, I certainly did navigate it on my own. Yeah. Not completely alone, but absolutely. There were visits, plenty of visits home. It was in a, we weren't that, I wasn't that far from where I grew up. But yeah, the navigating of the, everything from the class 
picks to, you know, getting your ID to the meal plan, all of that was, yeah, that was absolutely independent. And there's definitely more contact because it's so easy now. Yep. And there's nothing, you know, and I sometimes think, just like you said, is this too much? Um, and then other pros and cons. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And then I realized that, frankly, you know, some of the, the ways, and we've talked about this before in our friendship, the ways in which we were expected to navigate everything on our own, not always positive. Right. We could have really used some guidance. I had very little. I mean, I had very little. I knew very little about what yeah. was available to me in college, resources, anything, you know, study abroad. Those things were seemed completely foreign to me. And my daughter certainly has more and a lot more support as a person in general. You really feel the step of the the standing on the shoulders of giants kind of like I think my mom put herself through college and like she went late so she could work and save money Mm -hmm. and make it happen. And she remembers how tough it was to work her way through college. And then I remember kind of being on my own too much for it. And it's funny, we're all trying to like say to this next generation, one of the, my mom said as a graduation gift, what she wanted to do was give our daughter two chunks of money to buy books. Mm -hmm. This, you know, like first half, second half, though it turns out our school now is, is a quarterly thing. But in any case, because it was so important to her, she she never felt she had the money she needed to buy books. And that she's always held on to that. And mine is like, I never felt I had the information I needed to know about like study abroad. It's like, I wonder what our kids will do for their kids. What What is it that we're not doing for them? <laughs> My dad never went to college. He did not go. He started to go to a city university when he was, you know, 18 or 19 and then got married at age 19 and had to drop out and work. And so he never finished. And Mm -hmm. to him, college was, I mean, first of all, the ultimate privilege. This is amazing. You know, everything is here. I mean, you know, I went to a state university, so it wasn't a fancy place, but nevertheless, it, you know, was an amazing investment in your future. You know, it's a privilege to be able to do that. Yes, exactly. And not have to work full time at age 19 and have a child on the way. So, For him, he simply didn't know a lot of the things that are kind of, that we do know. He didn't have the guidance to offer because he didn't know about what there was. And I think that, you know, later in life, he said that he wished he had and that he'd been able to offer more of that information and support. For him, it was just, hey, you're not working full time and you don't have a kid. So yeah, you're already, that's my shoulders you're stepping on, right? already like head and shoulders above the life that, you know, turned out great for him after many years of extremely difficult, you know, times and hard work. But that was also a different time when you could find a job that was decent without a college degree, which we all know. It's tougher and tougher, right? So much harder now. And he was able to do that. But yeah, he looked at my college experience as, my God, this is like a paradise. Yeah, look at this gift. The library yeah. is right there and you, your classes are here and you have this whole atmosphere, you know. So it, it, I, I am actually the first person in my family to attend college at the sort of right time, you know, mm-hmm. from 18 to 21. That hadn't happened before. So, yeah. Well, and then, and because we talk about family finances too, mm-hmm. it's so different with each generation in that. So my mom 
worked at Filings Basement. And she went to school late. And she's very proud of the fact that she graduated with her class. Like she worked her way, you know, but yeah. she was able to do it. She got no help from her family and she made this happen on her own. So then here I come and I went to a private university. So it was way too expensive. Later on, as a subchapter, my brother would look at me and say, that's stupid. And <laughs> I would go to a state university where they gave him a good ride and, and, yeah. and like, but I did it, but I could never have afforded to work my way through school. So I graduated with loans, well, you know, like I worked true. all the time, but it was never this cost ratio. And now our kids are going and I think that ratio is even worse than when we were doing it. That, oh, my God, yes. I, I, you know, as I said, I went to a state university, which I can say in New York State was $6,000 for a year of school. So four years of school, you know, around $24,000, $25,000, which was not nothing to sneeze at for a very low-income family such as we were. However, it was doable through pulling together right. a lot of resources. That same school right now is that same cost for one year. Really? Yeah. SUNYs are between twenty five and thirty thousand, depending on which one it is. And yeah. So right, four years over a hundred thousand dollars. And that's for a state school. So the things that we did to afford it, which were, yeah, a student loan, my dad's savings, me working on campus job. And the summer, and I would contribute all those things together just for $6,000 a year. Now, right. You're, you're right. How is an on-campus work-study job going to pay your way through school? It's not. You know, how could a summer job for a kid pay your way for school? It can't happen. And, and when you're going to a private university, it's even more so. You just assume there's debt now. I, the student loan, I mean, we were just happy to have a package that figured out how I could go to college, you know, like, I, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's where we blindly went in because it was like, well, we'll just figure it out. In right. fact, I, I remember my mom saying, you know, you get into the college that is right for you and we'll figure it out. And figuring it out meant the decades of paying off my student loan, right. you know, like that's part of the figuring it out on mm -hmm. a reporter's salary. So, and I think a lot about that. I mean, Gwen is going to have student loans. I mean, that's going to be a given. And I think baby number two will have student loans. I mean, it, yeah. how are you guys thinking about it? Well, we're, I feel incredibly fortunate to have any resources at all to tap into because like I mentioned with, with my dad, we worked together to do it and, and then plus the student loan, but there were zero other resources. There were no other relatives yeah, our, the, like, the long lost aunt. We all need a long lost aunt that that zero. names us in the will. <laughs> Nobody gave me a dollar, you know, aside from my dad and me, and and that was it. And again, very low income, so it was it was difficult. We pieced it together, and you know, things worked out. And yes, I paid off a student loan, which luckily wasn't too astronomical because it was a SUNY school, state university. For our daughter, we have some resources that are more resources now. Um, than when I was a kid. And I feel very fortunate. Her grandparents started, I mean, this 18 years ago, right? Uh, 529 plans Wow, for each of our kids. And at the time, I mean, 18 years ago, right? In 2003, I was kind of like, 529 oh. plan? What's that? Yeah, I, I know. Know. Like, okay. <laughs> Didn't know what it was. And college savings. I was like, wow. You know, it seems so far in the future. And, oh, what do you do? You know, they said, no. And over the years, and I was 
I'm so grateful because that was something we were able to tap into for this year. That's awesome. Savings, of course. We've been saving like crazy for years. The school gave our daughter a, a grant, which boy, did that help. That not, mm-hmm. you know, 17000 18000 off of the tuition, thank goodness. And she earned that. So, you know, that's part of a contribution that she, and, and you know, and a student loan. So all of these things. Yeah. And then we barely are making it. You know, we paid that first tuition bill and it was nauseating. And as you, I think you brought up, you know, oh, we're doing this. So how many more times? Yeah. Right. Because it occurs to me, it's not the one kid. Ours will overlap. And so ours is a seven year commitment, right? Yeah, that's right. And nauseating tuition bills. (laughs) That's right. And, And having to carefully calculate out every single moment of the next eight years. And for our daughter, while there was an element of what your mom said to you, uh, you know, get into a good school that suits you and then we'll figure it out. But we couldn't just be that, you know, we we had to be very clear with her. There are schools we cannot afford, even with every single thing we could possibly bring to bear. And she got into one school that was impossible. We, We would have been thousands and thousands of dollars short. There would have been no way to pay it. Yeah. And we had to tell her. And, you know, she. And then baby number two. Yeah. You know, because it's not just, just, just her. It's a, it's a, you've got an, 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 and and your family budget and your your retirement and your Vanada, you know, like, yeah, I know. No. And, and I feel very strongly that while education obviously is, you know, an incredible investment and a privilege for those who can go, I mean, I think the figure is something like, only 30% of people, of students get to go to a four-year college in the United States. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that means 70%. Um, and some part of that maybe goes to a two-year colleges, but mm-hmm. huge, huge portion of people don't get to go at all. And so, you know, the privilege is real and the struggle is real. And that's all, that's all yeah. very important investment. On the other hand, I'm certainly not willing to barter away our entire lives, including our second child's lives, you know, for one school that's so expensive that it makes our lives impossible and right. to enjoy anything else for the rest of it. And, you know, we can't do that. There's got to be a balance. So we're holding on and I hope that that balance works for yeah. everybody involved, you know? Yeah. Cause in, in our family, when I went off to school, my brother who was seven and a half years younger than me had plenty of time to look and to see what I was doing to make, you know, make it work. And for him, cost was a huge factor. Like he, you know, he wanted to go to school. He was a very bright guy. And in fact, he later decided he wanted to get a law degree and he got into some fabulous school that was going to be way expensive. And he had gone to University of Cincinnati. We grew up in Ohio and Cincinnati came back and said, we'll give you a free ride through law school too. And he didn't particularly dream of staying at the same university, but for him, the cost factor was so big. And he was like, I just want the degree. Yeah. And you know what that enabled him to do was he decided he wanted to be in education Mm-hmm. And he, so he started out as a fourth grade teacher and wanted to kind of get, you know, learn about school. And he could do that because he owed $5,000 for yeah. two degrees. And he had that flexibility. Whereas I came out and I owed 26000 for. Right. Uh, and at that time, my God. 
Oh my gosh. My first job was 16. And I may as well be in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. My first job out of college, I made, I think, $18,000 a year. And, um, and that, it wasn't 1950, you know, it was 1990, which I know is a long time ago, but what I'm saying is not a hundred years ago. It was a right? salary, you know, and had my, yeah, had my student loans been, been at that level, which they luckily weren't or, or even more. Yeah. I mean, life would have been just almost impossible, really. Well, and that's the thought that like, because then in t- terms of like bankrupting the whole family for some yeah. college, mm-hmm. but also their future, because baby number ones, if you could graduate with no debt, then the world is your oyster, right? And that the oyster shrinks a bit with each thing they owe because it, all that money that they go into paying debt, they couldn't invest in the market. They can't take certain jobs that are really low paying, but have great experience. It really, it's, it's a bigger thing than just even the, the hard dollar now yeah. of the cost. Agree. Agreed. You know, but it's, it's so hard because also you don't, you know, you want to tell your, your precious baby, they can have anything they want, kind of, you know, you don't want to. You we're know not, me, Jennifer. I, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I know. I knew it before even out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I really do, for me anyway, um, do see our family and our community, you know, and sort of, I don't know, maybe I see her role in it or, or the kids role in a bigger way. I mean, I think that, and I, I really, at least for us, it was really important to be just very straightforward about this. And the thing is yeah. that I was more than open, and so was our daughter, to going to a maybe a city university or a community college. I'm very pro all of that. And I think that I took classes at some of those schools over the years here in the city, and they were great, you know, great. Oh, people. definitely. I mean, we're a community college family, yeah, as you know, right? in, my, in our really family. And, and that there's a lot there. Yep. Yeah. And that offers such great opportunities. One thing it didn't offer a lot of times was any kind of on-campus living. Yeah. And as we live in a, you know, you've seen our apartment, tiny, tiny place where she shares a tiny room, you know, it, just prepping her for dorm life, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> no, totally. But the idea that you know, she really did want a place to to go to college, that was, you know, that was something she really, really wanted, which yeah, we I think we all agreed it was a great thing. And that probably staying at home and going to school wouldn't have worked well. But yeah, I, I am such a big proponent of just, you know, less expensive school that is, you know, like you said, just just as great schools. And boy, does it free you up in a million ways. It really does. Because I've been carrying, I carried that student loan debt for a very long time. It's always yeah. been there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in the minimum, it's money I can't put into retirement. And do I, I am so happy, you know, I met so many wonderful people at my college. I mm-hmm. It made me who I am in some fundamental ways. I don't regret it, but. Yeah. You know, I did not think about the implication of the debt until I was really an adult, like like decades into paying for it, you know, thinking, oh, you know what I could be doing <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah, yeah. That's so, true. well, and speaking of budgets, can we spend two minutes on how, I don't know if this is going to be the case. Like, will our budgets change at home with like one child? I know our laundry has changed. <laughs> Are you guys, the, yeah. you're such a good budgeter. So I look like, is it going to change? Well, yeah, I, I, um, 
we have been thinking about that. I mean, like the house has never been neater. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, yes. and yes, right. Uh, my husband, who, who's um, he's the person who does the weekly food shopping, said that even in the first two weeks, he he, he could feel saw, it. Yeah, he's definitely saw a reduction. But on the other hand, we've already paid for a meal plan, so. But I know, know like, you know, we, we have paid that. So, um, and by the way, I don't know how it is with your daughter at school, but I, I'm emphasizing very strongly to ours that majority of her food needs to come from that meal, meal plan and not from the other, you know, cash options on campus. Right. It's prepaid, friend. Go to that yeah. dining <laughs> hall and have that food. Okay. You know, but, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we have already paid all that. So maybe taking that into account, the budget hasn't changed that much. I mean, over the pandemic, in some strange ways, our budget weirdly, I guess maybe because of just not eating out at all, not going to movies, not getting our haircuts. We actually weirdly were able to save some of that mm-hmm. um, and, and us too. Yeah. You know, so maybe, but I don't know if we've felt it yet. I don't know. I d- I haven't been able to see the full, but I think it'll yeah. take us a little time. Like, yeah, if you account for taking away tuition, you know, but seriously, the food plan. Yeah, the room and board. I mean, we've already paid yeah. to those. So I don't, if you consider that part of the family's budget, which I think we should, I'm not sure that it goes down. It's going to be any different. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see, I guess. My dream, we're just constantly know, dreaming of like, saving money somehow. Person, does that make a difference? <laughs> I was just wondering, oh, because you yet. guys are so good at that. that, so? yeah, that yeah. <laughs> well, yes, I do think so. I think you guys, uh, I, you guys and um, Craig and Jennifer Webb, who have also been in the club with me, are just masters at making it work. Like, you know, making the budget work. Not in that, like, we're living the high life, but just that you can live a life. And I think that's you're very inspirational. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I, I, don't, I think when, you, when you're in it, you're just like, I, I feel like I'm I, I mean, you look around and, but we're also, you know, we have, we have two incomes, which is, you know, I did not have growing up for the most part. Uh, it was a one single parent household, pretty low income, as I said. So, you know, it, it is a different world for us. We're fortunate in that way. But um, yeah, and you know, we put a lot of effort into it. And being responsible for it. I think that's, yeah, what, you know, I think so. it, that's what's good that I, that I see from an outsider and then think, you know, that's, we need to live more like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I am a, a major proponent in, um, in having fun also with the family. Yes. And, you know, really, really trying to do things together that, and, and you, you do as well. Your baby number two are now our go-to pet sitter. I don't know if she brought home the message that I had sent to her because you guys were getting ready to go on vacation. And I said, your mom and her ability to find places where you guys go and your freaking Airbnbs. She says, and I'll tell you what baby number two said to me. She's really good at that. She really finds interesting places. And I I immediately thought, I wonder if she's ever told her mother that she appreciates this. I send you that word. Which is nice. But but yeah, no, I'm a big believer in, um, I, I would say, sacrificing plenty of other things that don't matter as much to me. But um if you can take a vacation for a couple of weeks and really just have a good time together, that's kind of a priority. It allows you to just have some time that you know how it is. You're normally yep. running nonstop. My job is extremely busy and um, yours is 
cycle. You know, you always have been and the whole family is running nonstop all year round. If there's an opportunity and if you're lucky enough to be able to do it, even if it's honestly a, a local place, it's not like fancy. No, no. no. We're just like, take the time if you can. Yeah. So I do try. Thank, <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on The Breadwinners. I encourage you to email us anytime at thebreadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe and to rate and review us. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.